Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Groovy Dudes Podcast. This is Luke Willis here with my co-host. Keaton Tibwell, baby. And uh, to start off the podcast today, I'd like to give a shout out. I don't know if we ever did give a shout out for um, Nick for our intro, but Nick Shelton did our intro, our outro. He's the one who created the music for us. So thank you, Nick, for that. We may have already said that in um, a past episode, but just wanted to make sure that we did. And also, we got a new logo now um, for the podcast, so check that out if you get a chance. Um, Evan Hayden made that for us. It's super cool. Got a little pirate ship on it. Really like that shit. It's it's really groovy, I might might add. Pretty groovy, man. But um, other than that, it's good to be back in the studio after a trip to New Orleans after a trip that hurt my liver uh, and my bank account. So glad to be back. Speaking of New Orleans, it is insane that COVID has not impacted the streets of New Orleans the way that I thought it would. Or did you expect any different? I guess not, really, because we went went to New Orleans in the fall Mm -hmm. um, of 2019, I think, and for for Pike Formal, and it was like pre-COVID and everything, and the streets, I mean, obviously were like, packed, bumping, people everywhere, like sh- especially like Saturday night when we were there, it was like any bar you went into, it was shoulder to shoulder. Like you weren't, you couldn't move very much. But when we went this time, it was still just as packed. It was crazy. It was, I mean, mm. obviously a little bit less, but there were people fucking everywhere. Mm. Everywhere. But people were still wearing masks. That was the only weird thing. You had to wear masks everywhere. Had to wear a mask. I, I just expected it to be touched by COVID a little bit more than it was. Uh, Thursday night wasn't super busy, but it wasn't the night that we went a long time ago either. So, honestly, COVID was un, uh, not really touching New Orleans very much. Did you talk to any witch ladies? Not this time. No, not we, this we, time. we didn't really have enough time to do the, like, like touristy stuff in New Orleans. Because we, we got there Thursday night, and we pulled in at, like, 8.30. Mm-hmm. And then um, we were there Friday, Saturday, left Sunday. So, like, on Saturday, we went to the World War II Museum, which was really cool. Um, I was just too drunk to be in there, and I was. It, parents were pissed, anyways. But um, but we didn't really have time to do touristy stuff. The first time we went, I did a ghost tour, which was really cool. It was about the like if anybody's watched American Horror Stories, it's um, I think it's the Coven season. Oh. Um, and there's like Madam, I don't remember her name, but it's a girl in New Orleans, and she used to like have slaves and stuff, and she used to like torture her slaves, and she was like huge serial killer type person and she like it was insane like she would take these um in the the story obviously there was some mythical shit going on in american horror stories but like the real thing it was just she was this french lady that brought slaves over and for some reason she liked torturing them she'd mm-hmm. have these huge house parties and she'd disappear into her like attic i don't know if i think it was the attic and she would just have people up there that she's torturing she would literally then people always knew how rich she was because she'd wear two dresses to each party but they didn't know that the reason she put on the second dress is because the first one was covered in some slave's blood. Yeah, for real. <laughs> Good lord. Not a very innocent wardrobe change. Absolutely there. not very innocent at all. Like, the bitch was definitely ruthless. But I don't know what went on to happen to her. I remember in the uh, in the TV show, some witch lady in New Orleans, like, cursed her and made her live forever. And then, like buried her underground so she's like alive li- yeah alive she's forever living but she's like buried in a coffin underground in the streets of new orleans like he done like he done exactly oh like god. he done he's alive somewhere <laughs> chomping yeah. through dirt joshin is no longer your god i am oh shikamaru hard shikamaru that's your so grave awesome. that's your grave do you see shikamaru in new orleans i did not no no i did not no update for any people that uh watch this show for the 
anime factor, which probably isn't that many, but hopefully growing by the day. Yeah. Um, I passed the arc in One Piece where Frankie did join the crew. My blue hair boy is there and feeling super. Mr. Cyborg Frankie. Yeah, that's my boy Looking right there. Awesome. Yeah, he is the greatest. He cries a lot, just like me, you know, so I'm real emotional. Real big fan of that, yeah. you know. I, cool I like an emotional dude. But speaking of what you said about serial killers, do you know how many she actually killed in the end? Does anyone know? I don't know how many people she killed. I know there was a lot of people that got like set free mm-hmm. after like the things got discovered, what she was doing, but I don't know what her actual killing count was. I didn't expect to talk to her or talk about her on the podcast. It just kind of came forth from New Orleans, but mm-hmm. uh, I'm not sure. I know it was a lot, though. She was pretty victimous. Well, I don't know how versed you are in history, but I do think a certain act was passed around that time where like all the slaves got set free. I think that was way before that. Really? Actually, yeah. I think it was a long time ago because originally what happened, the reason New Orleans got so popular um, is like the French were bringing people over and like the, the people who had stationed themselves in Louisiana, they wanted like people from the French to come. Like they wanted people from over there to come so they brought a lot of people and of course the people brought slaves with them as well because they were doing a lot of infrastructure changes and whatnot because Louisiana was still swampy, marshy, whatnot. So they brought a lot of slaves with them to do the work of building and whatnot and stuff like that. I don't know how accurate that is but I'm pretty sure that's along the lines of how it happened. I remember when, when I did take the... Um, the ghost tour they went through like the history of like how people came to Louisiana I don't know most of that's why it's such a French culture there it's because mm-hmm. most everybody came from France yeah which well, is really interesting we bought literally the Louisiana Purchase is yeah. what it was titled yeah. and it was involved in yeah, that I forgot about that and it was owned by the French mm-hmm. before it was owned by the US and they bought it for something like crazy expensive back then but like, but like in now, today's yeah. money, it's it like it seems like it's nothing at all. They bought eight states for like a buck fifty. It wasn't really that, but you know, around <laughs> it a buck. It couldn't have been. Was it in the millions? I don't even I think, think it was it, in the millions. I think it was hundred thousands. God, that's insane. Yeah, hundred thousands for eight states. Take it. I'd take that. I'd buy a couple states for that much right now if I had that much anyway. So I don't know how the French kept control anywhere because notoriously they're not great fighting. Did you know that they've croissant. actually won the most battles out of any other country in the world? Well, I saw that on TikTok. Okay. But is TikTok not almost a reliable source? Yeah. It's I mean, like I guess you could say it's at least a 75% reliable source. I would say it's about as reliable as the stuff you hear on, like, Joe Rogan. Yeah, that's fair. Joe Rogan facts, TikTok facts, Instagram real facts. It's all in the same world. In theory, they're about evenly credible. Yeah. But the, the reason that France has so many won battles is because they were just an established nation so much longer than most other people as well. I mean, Yeah, them and Great Britain. Them like, and Great, well, I think Great Britain was number two. It was number two or number three. I don't know. I think um, Germany was up there too. But Well, I think how it worked was like France was probably first mm-hmm. or second established. And whoever was first, if France was second, was super slow to the start. Yeah. And France was like, oh, we're just going to fuck up all these tribes that are everywhere. They got spears and shit. Fuck them. We got guns. And then Great Britain was like, nah, Where was Christopher Columbus? Was that Spain? Yeah, he was. Well, he wasn't Spanish. Was he French or was he English? I, I don't remember what he was specifically, but I know... When he discovered the Americas, it was for Spain. It was, yeah, I remember it was for Spain. I th- think he was French, though. I feel like I remember him wanting to do that for the French, and they didn't want to fund him, so he went to the Spanish, mm-hmm. and they were like, yeah, sure, go do it. What well, that's mean? a fact. Like yeah. He had to go to three different people, and he actually asked the Spaniards like four different times. Well, everybody thought he was full of shit. 
Yeah. Everybody didn't think the world. Everybody was like, you're going to fall off the edge of the world. Dude. Isn't it crazy that that's like what that's they thought? <laughs> you could just go far enough that eventually it's just like, see ya. It's like, Into space. Like in, in One Piece, the, the waterfall at Annie's Lobby. Yeah. It's like, oh, the edge of the world is just a waterfall of sea over the edge. <laughs> like, where does that water go? Into the galaxy? Does Into it space. Back? No, it doesn't go anywhere because <laughs> the world is not flat. Debatable. <laughs> okay. What is your debate on that? Give me some flat world facts. If you throw a ball. I forget what the one that they always claim is like so dead cut the proof that the world is flat. It's like if you throw a ball, its projection is straight and eventually falls and it's not round and doesn't go around the earth forever. It's something like super dumb. Wow. Yeah. Or flat earthers. Real intelligent guys. Kyrie's a flat earther. Are you serious? Never heard that? Kyrie Irving is a flat earther? He believes that the earth is flat. What is wrong with our athletes? That's what I'm saying. Did you see about the football player like two days ago? There was a football player. He was never a big guy. He never started. He played corner, or no, he played safety in high school, and he played mainly special teams in the NFL, but he just got done shooting like six people three days ago. What? Yeah, and like one of them was apparently like a real prominent doctor that was like his family's neighbor or something. I don't remember all the details, but it was insane. That's literally insane to me, Like the honestly. dude, just NFL football player, like people that know. Like I remember I talked to Jace at Parker about it today in the parking lot before I was coming over here, and he was like, yeah, the only reason I knew is because the dude played for the Patriots for like literally a week. Like he was literally on the Patriots roster for a week. He played on six different NFL teams. He was man. I think the last team he was with, or no, he got drafted to um, San Francisco, the 49ers. Mm-hmm. I don't know where he ended his career, but – He's going to end his life in a jail cell. Yeah, so. just like Aaron Hernandez, gone forever. R.I.P. R.I.P. Well, not actually. He's really good tied in. Not a great dude. Yeah, that's fair. Killed his girlfriend. Not not a, not a lot of people that make my capital G great man list that have yeah. killed their girlfriend at any time. But, dude, there's there's apparently been a lot of, um, a lot mass, of shoot. mass shootings and shit recently. Like, no shit. Um, there was... See, here it is right here. NFL player, what's his name? Philip Adams. He killed five people and then himself. Mm -hmm. Um, He said um, the person who killed five people, including a prominent doctor, his wife, and their two grandchildren. Damn. He just killed their family. It wasn't like random people. He just killed the whole family. Crazy dude, for sure. I wonder if there's any motive on here. says there's nothing right now that makes sense to any of us. Well, speaking about there being a lot of mass shootings, yesterday I was actually listening to a Joe Rogan podcast with um, Jordan Peterson. Really? And it was one of his, I think it was the most recent one they've done. Mm-hmm. And he was talking about how right now we're seeing the death because of technology of radio and TV. Mm-hmm. And, but that's just with the newer generations. And a reason that people are in such a ray right now and everything is falling apart is because the denominator that isn't with the death of TV and radio, and that's all they've ever known, mm-hmm. that aren't as technologically sound with things and, you know, with uh, social media apps and social Your media parents. streaming and stuff like that. Um, not social media streaming. I guess it would just be streaming. Yeah, but streaming, yeah. he said that all of the people that aren't with that are just getting pounded with the world is falling apart. Mm-hmm. And he said the actual stat is that violent crime in the past 50 years has gone down 20% in the world. Exposure has gone up. Yeah, and he 
he said, like, that's why everybody thinks it's all falling apart is because there's actual less violent crimes, and it's the equi- the news reporting on them is equivalent to a lie mm-hmm. because of what it's doing. It's deceit into making these people stressed out, and I don't really know the motive behind it. And he did. He was like, he doesn't really see one either. But the well, people, the motive's probably money. Well, yeah. You got to think about this for a second. I mean, news outlets are always reporting on stories that are like breaking news, like something big that'll like draw your attention. Like, like if you see on the news something about some company buying another company, like yeah, maybe financial people will be into that. But like the normal average Joe doesn't get his eye caught by that. His, <clears throat> he gets his eye caught by dude kills five people. He was an NFL player. Like, that catches people's eye. I mean, I'm sure you could walk around Murray and talk about it, and there will probably be 50% of the people you see in Murray will know about it because it's an NFL player and it was a mass shooting. But that's the thing about it. I mean, as the older and older as we get, the more technology increases and the more coverage we get, you just start to see more and more of the evils of the world, even though they are going down less and less. I mean, it's the, the same thing um, in my like, ethics class. They talk about, like, ethics is getting better every year. But it shows to be getting worse because of the ex- the expectations of where ethics should be. Yeah. And that's all due to the exposure that film, not film, but like news and like reportings and, you know, people writing on stuff and the fact that you can have an app on your phone and I get over 50 notifications a day on news shit that's going on. Mm-hmm. 50 a day. It's like you, 10 years ago that probably wasn't a thing. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like 15 years ago it definitely wasn't. 30 years ago, you were reading a newspaper to find out this stuff. And it was mainly stuff in your area unless it was massive breaking news. Mm. I mean, I remember reading something the other day. This is kind of funny. Some dude in, like, Santa Fe, California was, like, driving and, like, drove through a Captain D's or something. I saw that, yeah. And it reminded me of the time the dude in Paducah. Do you know about the dude in Paducah that did that, like, two years ago? Did you know about the dude in Murray that drove through the bank? What? You never heard about when that? What was that? This was, like, within a year and a half. That's crazy. I think it was right before COVID, and he drove through a bank and, like, ran over a dude, and his car was sitting on him, and the dude was alive, and he said something to the guy, and he said, don't worry, you'll be, like, my slaves in hell or something. It was something real woo-woo-y. Oh, like, shit. So he was trying to attack people then. Oh, yeah. The two people with the Captain D's issues were, like, high or drunk or something, and just, like... Brakes went out, something like yeah, that. Yeah, something like that, and it accidentally drove into the Captain D's. There was no, no. malicious intent. That's the dude insane. at the bank was, like, actually kooky. Dude, that's... I, sometimes I really would like... Like, the, the serial killer documentaries, I really like shit like that, because people like that have the most psychological development, and they have the most insane psychological tendencies. Like, they're always the outliers of society, and I'm really interested into why they think that way. Why did that dude think that killing someone was going to cause them to enslave in his hell. Like, why? I, don't know. I want to know why. Like, well, that's interesting. Before we get on that, because you know I'm about to bust the dam mm-hmm. open on that. That's my shit. But back to the violent crime thing, Jordan Peterson was talking about how in years past, the biggest jump violent crime has ever decreased was like 3 to 5%. Mm-hmm. That's it, which is still pretty big. Decrease, yeah, so decrease from five to three percent. Yeah, it's decreased okay. five to three percent every year in the past seventy-five. I think mm-hmm. it was, but then somewhere along the past fifty to forty years, it has decreased twenty-five percent, like insanely. Mm-hmm. And if you talk to anybody that's like our age and ask them about their political views, a lot of time they'll be like, they'll tell you, but then they'll be like, "Well, I don't really think that many people are wrong." 
like I'm willing to listen and I'm willing to talk and we think most people are reasonable human beings yeah. which I also agree with like right. I think until someone gives you a reason to think they're incompetent or unintelligible or not able to hold a conversation without getting angry mm-hmm. then yeah I mean until they give you a reason to think that then yeah of course approach someone with with integrity almost well Duncan Trestle says it best I heard he has a quote and it says everybody in the world at the end of the day, or most people just want a full stomach, a roof over their head, and would run into a burning building to save somebody. Yeah. And I think that's true, especially in the modern day, but this is what it looks like. Like if you watch CNN or Fox, it's like, oh, it's crazy. There's a breaking news story every 10 seconds. Yeah. Like it, everything that happens, every broadcast I'd be willing to bet is interrupted by one thing that is quote unquote breaking news. Back right. in the day, there would there would be a breaking news update once every three months. Yeah. Like when something huge happened, it was breaking. But I'm feeling like the classic conservative and liberal classes mm-hmm. that existed, more people are gravitating towards the middle. So the only people left in those two classes are the more extreme or the complete extremists, right. which is wrong on both sides. It is, definitely. E- liberal extremists and conservative extremists, both wrong. They yeah. approach the world with hate and violence, I feel exactly. like. There's no way than, to coexist in that world. And I feel like that is, we're just seeing the effect of that because the people that are civilized and open-minded, they're moving towards this more broad information-gaining, information-seeking mm-hmm. era and the other people are still stuck in their old ways. Right. That's why on TV, on the political news channels, they're not pandering to people that are sensible because mm-hmm. they do want views and they do want money. Right. So they're on there giving you what you want to hear. And yeah. the people that are still there watching are these 45, I wouldn't even, 50 to 80 year old people that just aren't going to change. Yeah. And Stuck that's why that's why it seems like everything's in chaos because mm-hmm. the media has never had to deal with legitimate peace or closer to peace, which I think is what we're growing towards. And they just don't know how to handle it. Right. No, so I mean, that makes sense. They're just trying to play to their audiences, and that creates a huge problem. Right. You know I, mean, I mean, we have definitely made substantial strides to, I don't want to say world peace, but like... United States, at the United least. United States, I mean, we're getting shit sorted out. Slowly. Slowly. I mean, I really do think in the next like twenty years that there will just not be nearly as much political tension as there is now. I mean, right now we're definitely. I don't know if it's because we're old enough to understand it, or because it just really is a tense moment. But I feel like we're at a really politically tense time. No, we are. Because like I've, in like once again, I don't know if it's because we're just old enough to understand the way politics work now, but. I've never seen people rally behind a candidate. No matter what. No matter what. Right or wrong, no matter what they're saying, they're this just, is they your just team. Rally. It's like I mean, not not just talking about Trump supporters, but Biden and too. I mean, everybody. I mean, they just really they just they because they align with the general same beliefs in politics. They're just like throw their hat in the ring, and it's almost like it's a competition now. It's like mm-hmm. a sporting event. It's like. I'm on this side, you're on this side, let's see who wins. But that's not how it's supposed to be. Well, the way it's set up in America, I think, and I don't mean with the people. I think in anything it's important to differentiate 
result from creator, maybe, mm-hmm. or result from participators. Like, right. you separate the art from artist. Eminem makes really good music, really bad guy. Right. You know what I mean? Uh, Hitler may have had some good paintings worldwide. Maybe one of the best public speakers ever. Terrible person. Like, the worst person probably ever. Um, And I feel like that's what we're seeing is people are starting to naturally gravitate towards that because people are seeing that you don't have to be on a team, but that's what they want to be. They want there to be two teams. So if you look at like Snapchat or anything around election time, they're like, young people go vote. This is the time we put the power in our hands. Less people are voting. Even after this election, people say, oh, more young people are voting. But a lot of them I talked to, they still didn't vote unless they were basically forced to by this young people need to go vote. And I think the not voting is more of a sign of meeting in the middle than the voting. Because my boss even asked me the other day, he was like, did you vote for Biden? Because he knows I obviously more left. Mm-hmm. And I said, no, I didn't vote. And he was like, well, that's part of the problem. And I don't think so. Because people are starting to realize, like, if I don't agree with either, and I don't agree with the way things are going, I don't have to pick a polar opposite team. Mm-hmm. I can just be me and not participate in that and share my opinion through social media or all these other platforms that happen, which some people would say is a bad thing, but I think it's great. Yeah, I mean, it definitely, because it, it's so hard with a political party, especially a two-system political party, to really voice your beliefs. Because mm-hmm. saying you're a Republican, five different people will assume your beliefs are different. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like you ask, like, if I had a, a random poll of five people to come into this room and I told them I'm a Republican. Everybody face another corner of the room and write down on a piece of paper what do you think my beliefs are on these five political agendas. They would all probably have different results. They'd all be Republican things, but they would have different things on there. Mm-hmm. That's not how the world is. You, know, you don't just align with every single Republican or every single liberal belief. You have things that differ. Mm-hmm. That's where this whole the Libertarian Party comes in and tries to help a lot out with that. And um, but it's not necessarily all the way there because still, I mean, still the Libertarian Party has a big portion that's just set to one specific belief. And I feel like the way that, that people are now, and maybe that's just the way like, our group of friends that we've developed is, no one has like one like train track. Mm-hmm. It's like everything falls Republican, everything falls liberal. It's like we all take beliefs that we feel from each side, from everywhere, and kind of put them together in our own little basket to, to make us up. Yeah. Like what is us? What makes what we person. believe in exactly, and I don't. It just the fact that people are trying to force two parties so heavily still. It just points to me to such more of a government control mm-hmm. because that helps the government stay in control. But that's not. I mean, yes, I still do believe there is an absolute need for government because there will always be. You have to have Hitlers. leaders. You have to. You have to have some law. You have to have some enforcement. You have to have something that keeps people that are, like, super bad, super evil, either from not doing things because they know they could get caught mm-hmm. or to catch them. Mm-hmm. Like, we can't just leave things up to moral justice, to, to karma, one could say. You can't just leave it up to that. I mean, as much as people want to hate on law enforcement, as much as people want to hate on government, it's necessary. Maybe yeah. be, it may be being done wrong right now, but it's necessary. Mm-hmm. I mean, shit, today I heard about some cop shit. 
mm-hmm. some wild cop shit. I did I tell you about it earlier? Yeah, the, it was the. I'm not gonna say any names, but I had a buddy of mine text me and tell me about he was his girlfriend and him were like messing around leaving their apartment and they were in some parking lot and he said the parking lot was empty first off and she like threw a bottle at his car and he like honked his horn like twice and she like flipped him off and then this undercover cop like pulled him over and like he or didn't pull him over but he was getting out of his car and this undercover cop pulled up and he like got his backpack on he was about to go to class and the cop was like get your hands up put your hands on the trunk and he said he had his hand on his gun and he's like, dude, I was... And he was, like, over... The cop was overreacting about the situation. He said he called four other cops for backup. He said that there was literally four cop cars in this parking lot sitting there for a situation that just had no police relevance at all. Mm-hmm. Like, none. Mm-hmm. It was... I mean, I understand, I guess, trying to see what's okay or trying to make sure everything's okay because you do see a female and a male and what appears to be some sort of pursuit, quote-unquote, but really not... And so you want to make sure things are okay, especially recently with things that have gone on at Murray. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess I understand that, but the fact that he called backup, the fact that after he saw him get out of the car and put a backpack on like he's going to go to class, the fact that he told him that the passenger was his cousin, a blood relative, and the driver was his girlfriend, and they all lived together, mm-hmm. and the police officer, he said the police officer did not take his hand off his gun until he asked him. He said, I am uncomfortable. Please remove your hand from your gun. And he, the police officer did. And he said by the end of the altercation, when the police officer was getting him his ID back, the police officer was shaking because he knew he was wrong. The three police officers he called for backup left. Well, the he was probably shaking because he was scared. I mean, like, I guess. Because he rolled up on that thinking potentially this maybe. was a situation. You know what I mean? But he was in the wrong state. Oh, absolutely in the wrong. I mean, there's no reason you need to come up with that much aggression, especially to someone who's obviously a student who obviously has zero, like, not obviously has zero negative intention, but someone who is more than likely not actually causing harm. Mm-hmm. I mean, to be honest, the guy we're talking about just does not look like a terrible dude. He looks like a normal guy that's just here to get a degree, here to get a job, move on, you know what I mean, blah, yeah. blah, blah. Like, there's just some people I feel like, like, even me, I feel like when you look at me, I look like one of those, like, square like, I'm going to get a job, I'm going to do this, that, I'm going to be good, whatever. I feel like I have that look. Some mm-hmm. people have that look. They just look like they're not, they don't do wrong. That's why everybody in high school always assumed I was a little, um, like, I don't know, what's the right word? I mean, I was a teacher's kid. They'd all assumed I was the good kid. I mean, I was talking about this at work with um, Felicity last night, and that's why I started talking to her. I said, I looked around the corner, and I was like, Felicity, what do you think my spirit animal is? And we had, like, a two-minute conversation about, like, deducting my personality towards a spirit animal and I looked at her and I was like I'm a cat first off it's a cat of some sort and she was like yes I, I know that and I'm not joking you this is 100% accurate at the exact same time we both said Black Panther you think so? I, I wouldn't peg you as a cat at all the curiosity the intuition the want to learn and understand things and the ability to sit back and watch and analyze that is a cat I would peg you, spirit animal Luke. Let me think. Let me think on it for a second. The personality and characteristics have to relate. Yeah. No, the personality and characteristics. I would put you as some form of canine, honestly. Yeah, because just from being, I mean, if anyone knows your tendencies well, it it would be me. And I would say 
you have curiosity and you want to learn and you're good at learning. But if something crosses you, you have an attack mode. And like the the attack mode is not far from the calm mode. It's just like you but not to say you have like anger issues or anything, no, but it's it's like very very what would the word be? Curious, wanting to learn, wanting to know what's going on, being up in the business. But as soon as something morally crosses you wrong, like such for a dog, someone pulls up in your driveway you don't know, or somebody you don't know is fucking with your shit, it's protection, attack mode. Yeah, you know what I, I mean? I, I can see that. So I probably peg you as, I'm not going to say a golden retriever, because I feel like golden retrievers are smarter than every human. They just are in a position to obey. Yeah. I, see, I, I feel like a long time ago, the obeying part would have fit me well, but it doesn't anymore. No, absolutely not. Probably a... Some form of lab. A lab. Or so I a feel wolf. Like if I, if I feel like if I was going to be a canine of some sort, especially a breed of house dog, mm-hmm. it'd probably be a shepherd. Nah, I can sort. see that. A shepherd or just like a wolf straight up. I mean, a wolf, I'll take that. Yeah, because you don't really have a... You're not really tame. You know what I mean? And I take pride in not being tame. Hell yeah. What would you say mine is? You ready? Yeah. I thought about this last night, and it was actually really hard because I thought like there's not a lot of animals that relate to your type of personality. There's you, not. You ready for this? Yeah. Gorilla. Really? Gorilla. Let's hear it. Aggressive. Mm-hmm. Strong, aggressive, mm-hmm. prideful, and also very territorial. Yeah. Also, hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> They're funny as fuck. They do funny shit. Yeah. They do funny shit, man. I don't know. I just see you being like... And they're goofballs sometimes, and I'm a goofball a lot. But they're also, like, so intelligent. They're so smart. Like, the, like monkeys in general, like, that whole realm of things, like gorillas and monkeys, like, all that stuff. They're all so smart. Mm-hmm. But you also have that, too, going for you. Yeah. So it's like a little bit of brute strength with a little bit of intelligence side by side. I thought about gorilla. I didn't... I just didn't get a lot of time to think about it super hard. I couldn't think. My mind hit a block, and I hit gorilla, and I was like, "Damn, that makes sense." But what what would you what would you think that your spirit animal would be? Well, at the movie theater one time we were working, we all said animals that we look like. Like we were going around telling people, like this animal. If you were an animal just from looks, this is what you would be. And one of the girls said a red panda. And when she said that, I was actually like, you know, that's kind of spot on. Lazy, lazy as shit, likes to eat, gets real pissed sometimes. It's huge, but like also funny as shit. Got a big old belly. No, I agree with that. That's better. Red panda. That that hits a lot more home than gorilla. I guess that's what I was looking for something like that because I thought about the same thing. Like gorilla is kind of like all I can think about is like zoo shit though. I fucking (laughs) hate zoos. Yeah, animal prisons. I literally, for real, I hate that. I will probably never go back to a zoo again ever. It, it just makes me uncomfortable. I used to love them. I, I mean, I've always been super into animals. I love all animals. I mean, even though snakes scare me, it's not that snakes scare me. It's the fact that they're so good at hiding, and I'm scared to get bitten. Yeah, and so I'm a, I'm a they're pussy. deadly. Yeah, and they can be deadly. I mean, I just yeah. t- told you the other day, I saw my very first rattlesnake in person. Mm. I've seen them in, like, zoos. Like I said, I've seen them in zoos and shit like that. But, I mean, I was over top of this thing, mm. looking down at him. Yeah. And a little, little rattle. I will tell you what kind of zoo I am down to go to. So if you could find me 
a Joe Exotic ish mm. zoo. Sounds or like worse than a zoo. No. He was definitely treating them tigers rough. Oh yeah, he was. But this is my this is my defense because of it. So if you go to like a publicized zoo, like the Memphis Zoo, it's like this isn't fair to the animal. It's humanity using tactics, techniques, and technology that make them superior to the animal. But if you go to a backyard zoo, for some reason in my head, I just like the thought of like Farmer Bob corralling a tiger. That's like actual humanity over the animal. Right. And like putting him in oh, a I fence that mean. he built. It's like, good job, Farmer Bob. Yeah, that they can kick your ass and you got it in that and fucking you, yeah, fence. Yeah, you did that. Of course, we also don't know what all goes into that stuff. I mean, I remember, you watched the documentary? Yeah. Crazy. Fantastic documentary. Great. Oh, I thought it was awesome. The most pandemonium I've ever seen. Who do you think burned down the... Um, the Joe. You think he did it? I do too. Joe. I think it's so obvious. Well, I wouldn't have thought so, seeing how much he cared about his animals. That was also my first thought, because the alligators died. Yeah, and he, that didn't really fit his M.O. It, but really, then, it still doesn't. When he was, But when he was proven guilty to try to kill Carol Baskins, because mm-hmm. like a lot of people would say, yeah, he's an old country dude, Like that's some silly shit he would do. But in reality, like if you were there with him when he was doing it, and you could see his emotion towards having that done. It probably wasn't very hunky dory, go fun Joe Exotic. No, it, it was, was like probably scary. I want to kill this lady. So I think yeah, he probably would. Burn well, he was an extremely shit. manipulating guy. Yeah, I mean he, the two his two husbands weren't gay. Were not gay. Is that not the craziest thing to you? Name me one thing. It just think about it for a second. Is there one thing in this world that somebody could give you to be their gay husband? No. Nothing. There's no one, even money. No guy could be like, I'll give you this much money to live with me and be my husband. No way. I mean, I guess meth, if you were addicted to it, that's how he got them, but. Well, do you remember what the dude, that one dude said that made him think that he was gay? He said, do you want to know where that came from? Where did it come from? A Bill Ingvall joke. Are you serious? He fooled that guy, and that's just. My evidence for that guy being not intelligent at all. Well, there none of them. Most of the people on the documentary are not intelligent. Well, Bill Ingvall has a joke, and he's like, "Are he said, are you gay? And he goes, no, I'm not gay. And he goes, well, when you watch porn, do you like a big throbbing meaty cock, or do you like a little shrimp? And he's like, no, I like my cock's big and long. And, and then he stops, and he's like, I did not know that about myself. And everybody laughs. And Joe Exotic literally watched a fucking Bill Ingvall special and fooled a dude with that shit. With that joke. Just strange. He was just, he was such a manipulating man. Like, Joe Exotic, hear me out. Joe Exotic, 200 years ago, could have turned into a Hitler. He, 200 years ago, he probably would have been very rich as well. Oh, absolutely. He still wouldn't have been caught. He'd be doing shit today. Yeah. Because there wouldn't have been enough media exposure. There wouldn't have been enough people after him. I mean, yeah, they make Carol Baskins look out to be a bad guy in the documentary. And she is, in my opinion, definitely sus for killing her husband. And she also seems like a big bitch. Oh, she's an asshole. No, she's definitely... I'm not not going to say it. Never mind. I was going to use the C word, but a lot of people don't like that word. Um, Jim Jeffries does. Yeah, but he's Australian and he can get away with saying whatever the fuck he wants. Hold on. Let me look up this for you. Just to show. 
H. H. Holmes is the guy's name. Do you know who H. H. Holmes is? Mm-hmm. So is that the is he in the documentary? No. Okay. He is a serial killer. Oh shit. So back in the day, like what we were talking about when Joe Exotic would have been really successful, H. H. Holmes, when there was a huge industrial revolution and everything moved to Chicago, and Chicago was becoming like a booming place, mm-hmm. but it was before like real industry. It was like when people were moving there to set up what would become Chicago being an industrial haven. Mm-hmm. He was a con man. He had no money. He had clothes that can make him look like he had money, but he didn't. He got people, different contractors. I think in the end it was 15 different contractors to build this hotel for him in Chicago back in the day. Mm -hmm. He never paid any of them, and he used it for murder. And no one thought anything about it Wow! until he got caught. Like he had shoots that were built from the rooms that would go straight into the furnace and he would kill people and then send them down the chute into the furnace. And no one thought anything. How just big was this hotel? It's big. Holy it, shit. It's just because he was charismatic. When was when did this happen? I'm, I'm going to look up the exact years for you because I just had something pulled up about him, so it's probably not that far. Um, during the Chicago World's Fair in 1893. 1893. Yeah. That's insane, dude. I mean, I've always thought about that. Like, I've always said that, like, I wish I was born earlier just because life would be easier. Mm-hmm. But, like, the only reason life would be easier is because you could manipulate people, and that's no way to live, first right. off. But, I mean, thinking about Joe, Joe Exotic, he probably could have kept doing shit. The reason he really went to shit is because the other dude manipulated him. Yeah. Remember that dude that came in? I mean, he had karma bite him in the ass. That dude may be the biggest piece of white trash I've ever seen in my life. Oh, absolutely. The dude who used to, like, sneak um, baby tigers into, like, um, the hotels in Vegas and have girls and stuff come over. Yeah, piece of shit. I have never seen someone in my whole entire life that, like, if I saw that dude on a job site, by the way, he looks like the exact kind of dude you would see on a job site. Yeah. That... Not all guys on job sites look like that, but there are some for sure, and you can't pass them up. I would talk shit to him. Yeah. Like, just because I would be like, dude, why do you behave the way you behave? Like, I like your uh, long cargo shorts that come down to your ankles. Oh, nice Fox Racing shirt and Monster Energy combo hat. Fucking prick. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> Kyle's. Dude, serial killers, though, back to what you were saying earlier, they may be the most interesting. Like, there's just so like, there's the psychology, the way they think, what they do, why they do it, and how they're capable of doing it. I mean, what, oh my God, how am I blanking on this dude's name? He literally just had, like, two documentaries, and fucking Zach Efron played his, um... Ted Bundy. Ted Bundy. I mean, he... He's the most interesting. He really is. I mean, dude, if you look at a picture of him, he looks like a stand-up guy. Looks like he probably could have went through life very successfully. He was. Well, he yeah, he no, he, he was. He was going successful. to law school. He was involved in the actual Republican Party. Like, he was a had it going. He had a wife. To, he just, for some reason, liked to kill people. Have you ever heard what he said to his wife? Mm-hmm. I don't know if they covered this in the movie, but one day um, he just left. And she had no idea where he was. Then she found out where he was, and she called him. And he was like, I'm sorry, there's no one here by that name. And hung up. Wow. Yeah. Why did he think that she would believe that? (laughs) Because he's an idiot. (laughs) But he's not an idiot. Bundy was so intelligent. He was, but also, like, you, any morals he had 
or anything that mm-hmm. he thought, if he was sitting in this room with you and me, we could pick his ass apart. Probably. It, I, I think I remember hearing that he was like, he like really loved his wife though, so he probably had a hard time lying and deceiving with her. He did. She was the one in the end where he confessed to her, mm-hmm. like at the Zac Efron. Have yeah. you seen that? I haven't seen the Zac Efron one. Well, in I've the, seen the like actual documentary. Like where they went through like the the real like facts stuff, mm-hmm. but I haven't seen the movie they did and like cast actors and stuff to play the parts. I mean, obviously they casted actors in the documentaries, but it wasn't like wasn't for a movie. It was for informational purposes. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Well, the um, common traits of a serial killer you were talking about their psychology is that at a young age, almost common in every serial killer, animals. is a head injury. Oh shit! A, I know this. a head injury when they were small that happens a lot. And it may not be one that like sent them to the hospital, but who could know? Because another characteristic of them is having like a dominating parent, mm-hmm. a a dictator like parent will also create a serial killer. Right, and that causes you to think, especially if it's your father, especially if it's the male figure, which is probably more often the case. Mothers. What do you like? Mothers as the dictating force. Yeah, isn't that fucking crazy? I figure that it would be fathers that would more fit that role. Well, I think it probably it being the mother probably develops what the about most. Ted Bundy's case? Up. Was it the mom? I don't know if it was either. I know there was um, head injury for sure. He did have a head injury when he was young. There, I don't know the dude's name, but there was there was a a serial killer, and he murdered the people who looked like his mom, fit his mom's description, and but she used to make him watch. As she would have guys come over and fuck her for money. Who was that? Oh, I know who it is. His name is. Oh, he's a liar. The guy, um, the the guys you're talking about, like when his actual death count mm-hmm. came out, he said it was like 200. Is it Manson? It's not Charles. It's Manson. not Manson. It's um, it's not Richard Ramirez. It, oh, what is his name? You know who I'm talking about. No, though. I know like, exactly. She used to about. make him watch as she would have sex with guys for money, Fucked and him up. and he hated that. Yeah, he hated that. Fucked his so he up. started killing people that did that that looked like his mom. Yeah, I don't. God, I wish I knew what his name was. Dude, uh, it's just crazy. Like the kind of stuff in childhood, how fucked up it can actually get you. No, I mean, because your mind is at such a malleable state at that age. I mean. Why do you think we believe the things we did and took so long to overcome them? Because mm. we were taught it as a child. Well, I think with moms, the reason it probably is more moms than dads is because if you're a serial killer, and by the way, secure, serial killers are prominently male. It's most right. of the time guys. Well, yeah, I'm a criminal. I've learned most of my general facts about serial killers from Criminal Minds because the show is actually accurate. Yeah. But like there's like a it's a ten percent chance that a female is a serial killer. Like it's so low. There's been some, but they're usually not as successful and not as prominent. Yeah. When it comes to outliers, mm-hmm. males have more outliers with psychology issues yeah. than females do. And with moms it's probably like a double whammy. They're developing like this weird superiority, like they're learning the way of the world is I have power over you, so you have to listen to me. Right. And it's also developing this weird thing towards the female gender. Of course. Which, which is weird for a male. Yeah. And you also have to think like I've always I've thought about this recently. Like you have more connection to your mother than your father. Yeah. Because you you, know, you were grown in your mother. She birthed you. She birthed you and 
especially if you're breastfed, she fed you from her body, mm-hmm. things like that. I mean, you definitely have more connections with your mother than your father, for sure. I mean, I feel like that's why, I, especially, that's why so many guys are um, mama's boys. Yeah. It's just because they grow up, and it's just so hard not to be. I mean, first of all, like you said, they're the opposite gender, so, I mean, you're instantly curious because the everything about the opposite gender is different than you. Mm-hmm. So you're instantly curious, one. And two, she was just such a driving force in your ability to live. Yeah. That that makes sense. That the female or the mother would be more of a driving force in causing someone's psychology to be broken or dismantled. Well, you find I've also found it weird that with the opposite gender, like with young girls. Mm-hmm. So, and this is not a shot at any kind of woman. I think you should be able to have sex as much as you want, as often as you want, with whoever you want. Yeah, I don't. I hate. But, I hate that stigma, dude. That like for men, it's a good thing to have sex with more people, but for women, it's a good thing to have sex with less people. That's so twisted. It's so. It shouldn't dumb. matter. But in most cases, psychologically, with a lot of promiscuous girls mm-hmm. that are doing it as a coping mechanism, right. they have dad issues. Like if you really dug deep on their psychology, you would find that they had issues with their dad. Their dad probably wasn't that great, more standoffish, not as loving. And with guys, they have mom issues. Right. AKA, guys sitting across the table from you. You know what I mean? So I can speak about this firsthand because I'm kind of over all my stuff, but I know what it's like because guys with mom issues just don't trust girls and girls with dad issues just don't trust trust guys guys. and they only see them for one thing. Right. Well, I feel like I feel like there's like two thoughts that come from a male and a female. You're either you either have mom issues or you're a, a mama's boy. Or you either have father issues or you're a daddy's girl. It's like one of the two happens. Like you either have a good relationship or a bad relationship and because of that you either love them so much mm-hmm. or it causes you to like break down your psychology and you like like you said, find ways to cope with that. Yeah. That's crazy. Then if both of your parents suck, you just become a wacky dude. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> for real. Yeah, I'm very blessed to have great parents, Ricky, Jennifer, Willis. If you'll ever listen, hope you don't. Love you. I'm blessed. Good dad. Yeah. <laughs> Your mom is cool. I mean, she's. You know Aldo Rain's view of Nazis. Aldo Rain. Yeah, from Inglorious Bastards. Yeah. He says, "No, we can't abide that. Can't abide a Nazi in uniform." It's kind of how I feel about my mom. I can't buy that. Like everything, that. everything when I'm around her, I'm just like, well, I can't buy that. Morally. Morally. Yeah. Ethically. The coolest serial killer, though, or maybe not the coolest, but the coolest scene mm-hmm. that involves a serial killer is John Wayne Gacy. You know who that is? Yeah. He. So he was. What did a, he do? I he, know all the names and I know all the actions. I never know which ones did what. He was the clown, the guy that dressed up like the clown. Uh-huh. He was a fat guy, okay. and he was involved in some kind of politics as well. It may have been, like, local, mm-hmm. and he was gay. So, like, he would lure all of these young boys to come live with him or come have sex with him and, like, entice them that were young and coming up in the party. Mm-hmm. And he would kill them and put them under his house. But one time, this is my favorite story from any serial killer ever, he enticed this dude that was from the Army to come to his house. Or he had been in the Army and just gotten out of basic training for it. And that was in a time where the army would, like, fuck a dude up. Mm-hmm. So that's probably why he was agreeing to come with John Wayne Gacy because, I mean, not I'm not saying he was fucked up so that made him gay, but he was fucked up 
because John Wayne Gacy is not an approachable dude. Right. And a big fat right. dude that's involved in politics and dresses up like a clown, like, come on. Yeah, come on. But John Wayne Gacy was like, all right, time for the sexy sex. And the dude was like, no. And he kept pushing it, and the dude kicked his ass. Really? The army dude beat the fuck out of John Wayne Gacy. Is that how he got caught? No. So when the dude left, he wouldn't tell anybody because he didn't want his parents to know he was gay. Oh. So that's, he. I think he went on for like two or three God, more years after that. I hate that too, man. I hate that so much. Yeah. People, people literally grow up and realize things about themselves and because they're so close to their parents and they're so scared that they will disown or discredit or not love them that they just disclose that they keep information to themselves they don't disclose it to their parents I hate that shit well that's a lot of people that you'll find that are just fucked up people it's because they've had to suppress that and sometimes you get past the point where that's even an option like there's a lot of people I've met where they're ladies and they're very angry about everything Mm -hmm. but like it seems very clear to me like if you would just do some soul searching and be like, I like girls and it's okay. You would just be a lot happier. Yeah, you'd be happier. I mean, it's, oh, yeah, it's absolutely okay. I mean, who, at the end of the day, like, yes, your parents are important and you should spend as much time with them as you can and you should try and be agreeable and um, peaceful, I guess, with mm-hmm. your parents. But, like, if they're going to disown you for something that's you, mm-hmm. fuck them. Well, regardless of what any book says or what any place you go to once a week or twice a week says, if you come out and they disown you, that's their problem. That, yeah, that is their problem. Like, you are you. They may have birthed you, mm-hmm. but you have no no way, form, or fashion have to live the life they want you to live. Mm-hmm. Like They may groom you for that, mm-hmm. and you may actually enjoy what they've groomed for you. But if you don't, by no means are you entrapped into that. By no means are you that. But you should absolutely be able to do what you want to do, even if it goes against what your parents think. I saw this video on TikTok, and I've been curious to ask your opinion about it, but I've saved it for the precious time. Mm. You know what I mean? The goat time. The glorious time. The recording time. The recording time, baby. Amen. Fist bump. Fist bump. There we go. Um, so I saw this video on TikTok, and it was this girl, and she had a baby, mm-hmm. and she said, everybody always says when their kid's growing up, like it's a default that they're straight. And she said, well, my baby's gay. Like, and it's an infant. And she was like, but my baby will grow up and I will tell it it's gay, Mm -hmm. like from the preset. What do you think about that? I think it's wrong. I don't think you should tell your baby anything about sexual implication. I don't think that should be a decision they make on their own at an age, mm-hmm. that's okay for them to make that decision. Especially if it's a transgender situation. Oh, if you're yeah. going to completely switch your body, you should wait to make sure that that's actually what is truthfully you. Because you don't want... Like, that is such a... a if like Think about this for a second. If you were just going through something, and for some reason that is what came to your mind as the answer, and you did it, and then two years down the road you realized that wasn't the answer, you'd probably hate yourself for that. Yeah. Well, the percentage of suicides among any subset in the population, the Mm -hmm. highest is transgender. And I think 
and this is like not really popular, but I think it's probably accurate. Mm-hmm. I think there are people that are men trapped in women's bodies or women trapped in men's I, bodies. I can agree with that. Like Bruce Jenner, RuPaul, I think they are exactly who they say they are because yeah. they know. But a lot of time I feel like it stems from either rebelliousness or a mental illness that you've developed mm-hmm. from upbringing. Right. And not all people that are transgender or want to be transgender have mental illness. I would say it's probably less than a, a small percent, probably mm-hmm. less than 10% of them. But for those people, they probably deal with their shit later on down the road, but they've already become like this super hot button person through their transformation, the way they've chose to live. Mm-hmm. And it's just too much. Like they feel like they can't go back. Right. Because I feel like a lot of the time, people that become transgender and people that say they're gay at a super young age at a time, I would say most people that say they're transgender or gay before the age of 15, in my experience, has stemmed from their parents being very against it Mm -hmm. or their parents being very for it. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that probably, once they get a little older, not so much with gay, because I think people that are gay, they know. Like, whenever they say it, they know. No, yeah, absolutely they know. I mean, there's no reason that any human being should be able to say for a fact that someone else is doing something for attention or trying to do it for anything else. No one no one knows mm. what their intentions are except for them. And most of the time, they don't even know. Yeah. <laughs> Half the time I do shit, I don't even know what my actual intentions are. But I know for a fact no one else knows. Yeah. No one knows me like I know me. The same fact goes for anyone else. No one knows you like you know you. And that's the way it should be. There should be, in no way should a parent ever be able to dictate your future. I agree. They should be able to help you get to the future you desire. They should also help bring you up Mm. into probably their beliefs. I mean, you you are their parent. More than likely, they will fall under the same personality trait belief as you do because they're from your loins they're from your dna Mm -hmm. but you should not limit the scope to that Mm -hmm. you should show opportunities opinions from every point of view to see Mm -hmm. what your child is so the person that's going to tell their kid that they grow up gay it's like you're gay i mean that's wrong yeah i mean i i wasn't grown up told i was straight my parents didn't grow me up and say you're gonna do things with females. You're going to date girls. You're going to marry a girl. They didn't tell me that. I mean, yeah, it was probably implied at some point to get married and have kids whatnot, but, like, it was very small inserts. It wasn't my parents told me, you're straight. Like, this woman is saying, my child is gay. There's no way. I mean, that kid's probably going to grow up, and maybe it lucks out. Maybe they are. Maybe they are going to grow up and be gay. But if they weren't, would they not feel oppressed? Would they not feel pushed in a corner to be that, to Maybe maybe they just love their mom that much, and they want their mom to be happy with them, and they know that their mom wanted them to be gay, so I want to be gay, even though I don't feel like that's me, and that's wrong. Mm-hmm. That's wrong. I agree. And this is more, I guess this is more of a psychedelic thought, and it's not really what most people probably view it as, but from my brain mm-hmm. and the way I see it, and I think it's pretty clear, with the way having a child is set up, parents aren't made to be the boss, but they are. They're in charge because you don't really know what to do yet and right. you couldn't make it. Well, you can't take care of yourself. But in my in my experience, it's your child is going to have your DNA, 
half of you and half of your wife. And your job is to say, oh, I've grown up with this, this predisposition or this pre-exposition to certain situations. Mm-hmm. I'm going to help my child through those hoops that they develop through me because you'll probably be 20 to 30 by the time you have a kid and you could get a grasp on it if you watch yourself and you can help your child get through those hoops to become whoever they want to be. Right. Like it should be less of a this is my possession and I'm going to put it I'm going to place it in this basket. Right. It's more like you are half of me and I understand all of me so I'm going to help you become the best you that you can be. Absolutely. And a lot of people, I feel like, have too narrow of an idea of what they want their kids to do. They have too, like, it's all, they have blinders on. They want their kids to do this, when in reality, they may be better at doing anything out here. Anything mm-hmm. in the, the, the out of the box. Mm-hmm. You know, the parents put the box, they want their kids to do this, but maybe they're not, they don't want to be in the box. And there's just, there's just such a big, I don't know, I think... The way, of course, I mean, honestly, this could probably fix most of the issues in the world. Mm-hmm. If the way parents raise their children were more correct, mm-hmm. then they could we could potentially be producing towards more of a, a peaceful society. And I've never been a parent. but it seemed, I haven't either, and, so I can't speak. Well, yeah, but I can tell you going into it, I will see it as, I think, the possession part. Like when you have a kid, and a lot of parents view it like this, is like, this is my child. And it is, is, but they say it in like a way of like, I can make it do what I tell it to do. Ownership. And I think it's really set up for your child to eventually become your teacher. And a lot of parents can never get past that. But if it was done correctly, it's like, these are my genetic predispositions. Mm -hmm. My child is also going to develop these. I'm going to raise him to be able to avoid having roadblocks from that. And whatever he decides he believes at the end, I'm going to listen. I'm not going to look down upon him for it. I'm going to hear what he has to say because he is me 2.0 with a guide. Mm -hmm. It's like the Kakashi Naruto thing. In the beginning, Kakashi taught Naruto. He He taught him all his morals of a ninja, taught him all his moves, all of his training. But then, by the pain fight... Naruto is Kakashi's teacher. Right. He is everyone's teacher. Not in a combat asset, but a, an ethical, moral, being a good person. Yes, he's teaching everyone at that point, everyone else. And he probably, not probably, he would not have reached that point without the guidance that Aruka-sensei and Jiraiya and Kakashi gave him. Mm-hmm. I agree with that. 100%. Which, that is very important. It is. But the end goal is for you to be able to look ahead and be like, I had these issues. I'm going to make sure you don't, and I'm going to see where you end up, and I'm going to listen to what you have to say. Right, and I think I think that makes so sense, so much sense. Because by the time by the time you have a child and they grow up to an age to be intelligent enough to to teach you something or to to enlighten you on an alternate point of view, by that point you're probably closed. Like your mind is closed. Like you've probably done all the assumptions that you want to do in life. You're probably in your upper 30s, or if your kid is telling you something, you're probably in your 40s by now, at least. At least. At the least. Your kid 50s. has to be at least 18 to 25 to be making these assumptions, unless you just have a brainchild. So I feel like 
I feel like the the point of it would be that would be by the time your kid is old enough, they are able to teach you the new ways. Because by like you you said it before, by the time we are sixty, we're probably gonna be closed minded. Hopefully not. Hopefully I'm still open minded. But it will be. Think about it, sixty year old you. How much more difficult it will be to stay open minded. It will be very difficult. It will be extremely difficult because there will be people underneath us trying to change what we did, mm-hmm. and that's obviously not going to sit well with us. Hopefully, we will be enlightened enough to not give a fuck about our pride and realize that things need to change. Because, but I mean, more than likely, yes, our generation is going to do a lot for the future, but um, at the same time, we're probably going to do things too much. Mm-hmm. We're going to make mistakes. There's going to be errors that have to be fixed. And the people that will fix them are our children. Yeah. Or not necessarily our children, but it could also be... Our children's children. Our children's children. Or it could be just younger, a younger generation. Like, not even our children, but like like Noah. Yeah. Noah could be involved. I mean, he's your younger brother. How, how much younger? He's going to be turned 16 tomorrow, yeah. and you're 21. That's, yeah, five years. So he's, he's five years younger than you. I mean, five years is pretty close window but still mm-hmm. I mean he's especially where we're at at such a huge gap difference between what they're growing up with versus what we grew up with and what their kids will grow up oh with oh my gosh I mean it's insane to think about I mean mm-hmm. the the fact the realizations they'll make and the understandings they'll have because it's like you said earlier you said when you're a kid we talk about these serial killers when you're a kid all these things imprint on you and they're so impactful mm-hmm. Well, the reason we're able to see the issues and become liberal as we grow up is because as a kid, we're impacted and we see what's wrong and we understand how to make it right because we were at a malleable state of our life. We were able to be shown at such a different level than what's normal. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that is why we become closed-minded is because we're older. Our brains don't learn the same. They don't retain knowledge the same. They don't understand things the same. We understand things better, but ignorance is bliss. Mm-hmm. As a child, you understand things on a much more flat scope, I feel like. Mm-hmm. There's not as much discrimination, and there's not as much violence, and there's not as much pride and insecurity until you get to, like, puberty. Mm-hmm. So before puberty, there's not any of that. You're just soaking in whatever happens to you, just soaking on this shit in like a sponge. Yeah. And the fact that they're going to continue to learn, because like, we're going to do something, and they're they're growing up to the social media age too. That's a big part. Is mm-hmm. They're seeing the issues with social media because they are going to grow up through the TikTok age. Mm-hmm. Like my niece and nephew, I mean, my niece is literally on TikTok all the time. I mean, she, we got a big family group message on, on Snapchat, and she'll just send TikToks in there. And it's like, to me, I think that's wrong. I mean, she's too young to be on TikTok. There's so many things out there. But at the same point of view that I was speaking on earlier, maybe it's good for her. Mm-hmm. Because at this young age, she'll see issues. She won't understand them yet, but she'll see issues. And by the time she gets to our age, she'll be able to expand on them. Mm-hmm. And like you said, become our teacher. Mm-hmm. Teach us what the issues they were growing up with to help further on everything. Mm-hmm. The problem is, like you said, these extremes that don't want to learn. They don't want to change their thoughts and things of that nature. Well, in time past, it has been the truth that experience equals knowledge. And I don't think that necessarily in the modern age of technology and mind awakening and curiosity mm-hmm. that 
experience does equal knowledge. I think experience equals understanding, but like there's a saying that the old old people are the smartest. Old mm-hmm. people know the most because they've had the most experience, but I don't think that's necessarily true. I think they can they have seen things for longer than the younger generations, but with where everything is now, it will be more like the old people need to tell the young people what they think, but not say this is what you have to do. Right. Because they don't know what you have to do. They've never seen what's happening. Exactly. They still have an important point of view because they have... Very important. They have history. Mm-hmm. They have the past. They can tell us, like if there's ever a situation that is similar to the past, they can be like, well, listen to this. This happened 20, 50, 60 years ago. This was the result. Even though... Technology is the driver now. It's the same situation. They can help in that aspect because wisdom, wisdom comes from age, mm-hmm. not intelligence. Right. Intelligence is given to you, mm-hmm. not given to you, but you have it or you don't. Mm-hmm. You, you don't. You don't. You can't find a way. And I may be wrong. There may be ways to to gain intelligence, but from what I've understood, there isn't. You don't. You don't do or things. wisdom. You mean? No. Just I don't really know what the right word would be, but like intuition. Yeah. You don't gain intuition. You cuz you can get more intelligent through like studies. Yeah. But like when it comes to your intuition, when it comes to like how you view things, that that doesn't come from experience or learning. That's just what you're born with. That's your intuition. It comes from what you're born with one and two what you experience as you grow up. That's what your intuition comes from. Mm. And some people just have higher intuition than others. I agree. And those are the people who end up getting in power. Well, old people. Old people are the leaders right now because we're still living by the rule that age equals intelligence and age equals experience, which it does. But I don't think it should be in a leadership position mm-hmm. with the way things are now. Because Not leadership, but advising. Advising, yeah. Perfect. Like the VP should be an old guy. The president should be a young guy. Yeah. Because new people... In no young, way should our president have early onset dementia. Well, no, that's insane. Yeah. <laughs> that is literally the craziest thing I've ever heard. He is just not doing the best job. <laughs> Hopefully. I just I just really hope there is someone actually pulling the strings behind him. Like, I really do. I hope there's someone whispering in his ear. Because if he is actually the one that is sitting there doing everything that the president should do, there's just no way that that's being done correctly. We literally watched the fucking man not be able to walk up steps. Fall three times. That's insane. Did you see the video where Donald Trump was teeing off from the tee box and he was like hitting Joe Biden in the back of the head with With golf golf balls? (laughs) He's still responsible for hilarity. I mean, I'm glad he's not in office, but I don't know if I'm more happy that he's not than Joe Biden. But I I mean, I don't... In my opinion, the best candidate was Joe Jorgensen. She had most... I mean, I just feel like she would have done the best job for what we needed right now. Mm-hmm. But just such... I mean, the Republican and Democratic Party just have so much more funding than everyone else. I mean, there's... Did you see the results? I'm pretty sure Kanye Less than West... 1%. Kanye West got more votes than Joe Jorgensen did. Mm-hmm. And everyone talks about, like, the shift. Like Jorgensen? Jorgensen? Something, something like that. But... More people are saying they're libertarian, but libertarians had the least votes than ever, like this year, or than in most recent elections. Gary Johnson had more 
votes than Joe Jorgensen did. It's ridiculous. And and in my opinion, like honestly, coming from an unbiased point of view, I don't really even align with a particular political party. Um, I think she was definitely the best option out of those three well, clown li- hats. <laughs> well, libertarian is I, I don't agree with everything they say. I don't either. I, think, I don't agree with anything any political party says. I think they're moving in the right direction though because libertarian is like taking things from both sides mm-hmm. and once a libertarian gains traction that will be like the light bulb in a lot of people's head that haven't already made the switch that may still be on a team that's like well this makes much more right. sense. Well here's the basic summary of libertarian for people who don't know. So libertarians are Pro local business, pro business heavily, like Republicans. Mm. But they are big on the liberal side of like social issues. So like when it comes to things like that, though, it's not that they're taking an approach to attack social issues. Their big thing is like do what you want to do, and if it's not harming anybody else, that's fine. Which I like that. Mm. I think that is how it should be. Do what you want. You should not have to change your life because the government says so unless there is someone else you're affecting. If you are firsthand affecting someone else, someone should monitor your actions. Someone should try and control to try and see if they can mitigate any future violence, any future consequence or repercussion. I agree. But as long as if, if you're doing something and it's not bothering anybody, no one cares, it's just you doing what you want to do to be happy, there, in my opinion, there's no reason the government should step in. Well, Ben Kissel, he's one of the guys on last podcast. He's a libertarian, and he's like a borough president in New York, or whatever, mayor of a borough, or whatever they yeah. have there. Um, and he described libertarian as out of your wallet, out of your bedroom, out of your home. Like, they they stay out of all that. Yeah. And I was like, pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> and and oh, don't you love how people have always said politics and religion shouldn't? coexist mm-hmm. and yet they do well the whole right party a lot of their morals for what they believe is based in religion right they they say they say it's not like if you ask a conservative person they would say it's not but it is. you will find that not many people that are conservative aren't religious right well there's just so many things i mean that's why I don't know if that's the actual reason prohibition was a thing when alcohol got taken away, but like, think about just that. I mean, if if they made alcohol illegal today, because in the Bible it says to not drink and to not be an alcoholic, the people who are not Christians would be fucking pissed mm-hmm. because they're not Christians. They don't believe in that rule, that law, because it's a religion. In no way should they be legally bound to not consume alcohol based off of a religious pre-context. Well, I feel the same way about abortion. See, abortion is hard, though, because abortion goes beyond religion to ethical dilemma. Because at the end of the day, you're still dealing with a human life. Yeah. And that doesn't necessarily just align with a religion dilemma. Yeah. You're you're deciding to have or not have a life. Mm -hmm. That's someone else's life. Like, at that point, you've created something... And it's no longer, like, it is your creation. You have created it. But at the same time, it doesn't give you the right to take it away. I agree. But I would like it if that was the conversation. Because I feel like the conversations a lot are, well, you're going to hell. 
if you do that. Yeah. Because the people outside abortion clinics protesting aren't people that are like, I believe in life from a soul morality standpoint. They're like, I believe in life because I buy into this Mm -hmm. religion and you don't and you're going against it. Like there's a movie about it. Um, I forget, it's one of like the feel good Christian religious movies and which never great flicks. Like just as a movie connoisseur, they're just not that great of movies. I can only imagine it was pretty good. Well, they're the problem that they have is low funding and bad acting. But the movie that I was talking about, this lady goes and works in an abortion clinic. Mm-hmm. Now I can't remember if she was religious at the time or found religion and like she may have been religious at the time and just needed a job, so she took one there. And then by the end of the movie, she's super religious, and, like, the big act is her walking into the abortion clinic, quitting her job, and then taking, like, the abortion clinic to court. Mm-hmm. And I just remember watching it and being like, this, as a premise of a movie, is terrible. Because the climax is something that is not climactic. Yeah. Like, this lady walking into an abortion clinic being like, I quit, and I'm taking you to court. It's just a headache. Yeah. <laughs> that doesn't help anybody. It's really, I mean, it's a good movie for a Christian. Yeah. Because it's a, you know, it's a belief that they're like, yes, yes. get them. Yeah. <laughs> Take that abortion clinic down. That's like the end but, of Endgame for them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Fuck that Thanos abortion clinic. <laughs> my dad grew up Catholic. Mm-hmm. And I like, did not know that. Yeah. My whole, most of the Tidwells are Catholic. And um, he switched to Church of Christ when he got married to my stepmom, which, I once again, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Right. But one time we were riding in the truck together when I was a real little kid, and he was like, I don't know about all this, but I know in the Bible there's good morals to live by. And that has always stuck with me. And I really respected him yeah. for saying that. Like, that was one of the best things anyone ever said to me because – that's the most black and white view you could have, I think. Thankfully, it's not as big of a revenue center as it used to be. It used to be that's what it, that's what it used to be. It's like people went through religion to make money. Like mm-hmm. not not the people who came to church. The people who came to church were still doing it for the same reasons. But the people in charge of the church mm-hmm. were there for money making reasons. I mean, why do you think and Martin Luther wrote the ninety five theses? Is because he was realized that the Catholic Church had power on their mind and monetary belief on their mind. Well, there's a big theory that the whole anti-gay meaning in the Bible is um, put was put in there by the Catholic Church because the king at the time because was the, anti-gay, yeah. Well, no, the king at the time was gay. Oh, he was and, gay. And he had like a secret lover. Okay. That was a man, and the Catholic Church found out about it, and they had power, and they and they wanted him out of office. Well, they wanted office. they oh, didn't cool. even want him out of office. They just wanted them to have more power than the actual than monarchy. The king. And they so they said that to discredit them because everyone that was coming would be like, oh well, if these rumors of him having a man lover is true, then we can't support him because it's against the Bible. Right. I mean, that makes sense. I mean, super interesting coming from. Coming from the perspective of people, there is, I okay. So I only have to believe that in Roman Catholic times, when stuff like this is happening, that either there was more unintelligible, more people with less intuition, and more incompetent people, or 
it was just wildly harder to become become competent with the lack of technology. Mm-hmm. One of the two. I don't know. I don't because I have a hard time believing that there were more stupid people back then than there are now. I just feel like it's easier to exit stupidity now mm-hmm. than it was back then. Because think about it, back then, if you wanted to learn something, you had to have someone teach you. Mm-hmm. Someone can teach you wrong or right. Mm-hmm. And the same thing with the internet, but the thing with the internet is, especially now, you can find credible sources on anything, anywhere. Yeah. If you look through the right sites, find the right websites, and get to the right people, you can get credible sources on any topic in the world yeah. at your fingertips. So is it is it the fact that people were stupider back then and were smarter now, or is it the fact that we're able to gain intelligence now versus back then they didn't have the possibility to? Probably a combination. It probably is a less developed consciousness and just states of being combined with the lack of knowledge seeking. Right, because I mean they hadn't even entered the industrial age yet Mm -hmm. back then. I mean, because do you remember that um, that what were they called? Wow, how am I blanking on this right now? The videos and they did like they it was like Alan Watts videos or Duncan Trussell and they would like animate over them. After school. After school. Okay, I knew it was school something, but I couldn't think of the other word. So the after school video, do you remember the one? I don't remember who did it. I think it was Trussell or Carlin. Um, and it Carlin, was a, I, my man. I think it was it was the one about how like time has sped up exponentially, but because there have been more things happening in a shorter time span, and that's why time speeds up. So like, think about it this way. So like, before we hit the industrial age, we were at like a flat incline. Yeah, but like once, a crawl. Right, Time was a crawling. crawl. I mean, it took years to get to the creation of man. Once man is created, it starts going up. And it's almost like a roller coaster going up the hill because things are exponentially growing because there's more things happening. Mm-hmm. So think about it this way. when, Whenever you wake up and you don't do anything all day, you don't have anything to do, you're not going to work, you don't go play disc golf, you don't go out to eat, you stay at home all day and you watch TV and things like that. Day goes by slow. Mm-hmm. Not a lot going on. But when you have things going on, you got you wake up in the morning, you go to work. After work, you got to write for comedy. That takes an hour. Then after that, you got to go eat. And then after eat, you're watching a movie with somebody and you've got plans to make. The day goes by quick. Yeah. Because there are a lot of things happening. Then you're like, whoa, it's 9.30. Whoa, yeah, whoa, it's 9.30. Shit, I got work at 5 in the morning. Let's go to sleep. Mm -hmm. That's the same thing with the world. Beforehand, there was nothing happening. I mean, it was just days would go by before anything important happened. I mean, we just had animals roaming around eating. Mm -hmm. And then the creation of man, or creation, or existence, or Boom of consciousness. Boom of consciousness. However you want to call it, based off your religion or, or beliefs, time sped up because more things are happening because we've reached a point to where the beings on the world are more intelligible they have I can't remember the word he used in the video but there was a scientific word for it and since then we've been on an upward climb exponentially increasing in intelligence on man Mm -hmm. that's only going to continue it has to unless we reach a certain point of nuclear war that sets us back 100 years, which I do not think will happen. No way. I don't think it will happen. I don't think we will ever see a nuclear war. No. Knock on wood, hopefully it never happens. Less drywall, but yeah, it's same, same effect. <laughs> Knock on wood down there. Um, 
I just I don't think we'll I honestly don't know if we'll ever see war again. Like straight up someone publicly declaring war on someone. I don't think we'll ever see that. We'll either see it soon or never. I think we'll see it soon. We definitely won't see it while Biden's in office. No. Well, I mean, if he keeps bombing Syria and making gas go up, he might. <laughs> I forgot about that. <laughs> forgot about the Syria bombing. Yeah, goob. Speaking of fucking Biden, did you see about the gun laws? Let me read you this shit real quick. Okay. So for anybody that doesn't know, Biden announced some limited gun law restrictions um, with the whole mass shootings. If you're not aware, there's been literally like eight, like eight mm-hmm. mass shootings, like in the last two weeks. No shit. Like, it's been insane. And so he comes on and makes a statement, and he says, gun violence in this country, this is in quotes from Joe Biden in a press conference, he says, gun violence in this country is an epidemic. Um, in, the, in the Rose Garden, or no, Biden said in the Rose Garden to announce um, to an audience of lawmakers in America is touched by gun violence, and it's an international embarrassment, is what he said. He said, gun violence in this country is an epidemic, and he also said it's an international embarrassment, which I agree with the latter part. Mm-hmm. The international embarrassment, I agree with. I feel like he used the word epidemic to try and play on COVID right now, honestly, to get, get sympathy. <laughs> but what they did, wildly enough, he announced that he's nominating gun control. Wait, hold on. I passed over something. Okay, so the executive actions include efforts to restrict weapons known as ghost guns. You ever heard of that before? Mm-mm. Ghost guns. So... Ghost guns are guns that can be built using parts that you buy online that come with instructions. So think of like a potato gun, but instead it shoots a nine millimeter. Yeah. So basically something you can you can buy the metal parts online and assemble it easily to create a weapon. So that is what he banned. So anyone, any gun conservative NRA people out there freaking out, he didn't take away your assault rifles, he didn't take away your shotguns or your rifles, go kill your deer and your turkeys. I don't and tur- protect your family, yeah, man. Yeah, protect your family. I know turkey season's coming up. And not to shit on anybody, I own guns as well myself. Um, but he's taking away the ghost guns, which I think is pretty fair. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, the big reason he did that is because, um, so it, it's relating to the, the, the shooting in March in Boulder, Colorado. Do you remember that one? So that was, the shooting that happened in Boulder, Colorado, It was a ghost gun was used. Mm-hmm. Like that's what the shooting came from, was someone that bought a ghost gun, assembled it themselves, and went and shot up a bunch of people. Mm-hmm. And that's why they're taking a step into this. And um, not only did he did do, do that, but he announced, he's, he nominated a gun control advocate, David Chipman, and he is now going to lead the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, Firearms, and Explosives, which I didn't know this. That department has not had a permanent director since 2015. Really? There has not been someone directing that place other than an interim position for six years, which is insane. It's insane to me. I mean, I am a gun. Like, I think people should be able to own guns, whatever. I do think there should be. I'm all for the Second Amendment. I do think there should be some restrictions in place, but the fact that there hasn't been anybody in that office in six years, there has been a lot of development in that world in six years. Yeah. And it just blows my mind. But now David Shipman is going to be taking on that role. Good name. It really is a good name, is it not? (laughs) But and so now they're getting rid of that, and um, the sad part really is though it says something about it here that potentially moving towards banning assault rifles and things of that nature. And personally, assault rifles are weird. I mean, in, in all reality, yes, people probably shouldn't have them, but they're fun. Yeah, but I don't really know how I feel about them. 
I don't know how I feel about gun control stuff either because, like, me as a person, never going to go shoot up a mall. Mm -hmm. But I would love to own an AR-15 because it's really fun to pull the trigger fast and shoot a lot of cans. <laughs> yeah. Aluminum cans. Like, go out in the field and shoot watermelons and, and shit. Why? So... And I feel like, yeah, I probably wouldn't be upset if that got taken away from me. But there's going to be a lot of people who are upset that that's taken away. We, I mean, talk about Jim Jeffries earlier with the whole gun control thing. I mean, yeah, Australians, they had a massive mass shooter. The government said we're taking away our guns. The citizens said, that makes sense. Mm. And Jim Jeffries talks about this in his stand-up, the gun control segment, which he got popular for. And then... But America, yes, it's a completely vast, different culture. We're not Australians. We're Americans. There's a, there's a different belief, a different view set on firearms. But um, who knows? Who knows where it will go, honestly? Yeah. I mean, there was a, there's a step towards gun control here. And from Biden, hopefully it doesn't go anywhere very further. Speaking on Biden and politics, um, I wanted to mention the COVID vaccine and stuff like that. I don't trust it. You don't trust it? No. I don't know exactly what it will do to your body. I don't think it will actually do anything, but I do know this for a fact. If you don't have the COVID vaccine, you will be discriminated against. Well, When it comes to travel, work, etc., things of that nature, if you don't have the vaccine, you will not be prohibited enough, or you will be prohibited against to do certain things. There are going to be countries, there are going to be places that won't let you travel unless you have the vaccine. That's fine with me. Bill Gates ain't getting my ass. I don't. I just, he ain't I feel put like, no tracker in my arm. I, I really, I'm kidding, by the way. I really do. <laughs> you put no tracker. <laughs> I really do feel like getting the vaccine is probably the best option. Yeah. Well, I think just for others it would be. Yeah, and because even if you've already had it and you can't get it, you can carry it. Right. Like it's still in your orifices. It's still in your breath. It's still the chemical compound of COVID is still right. on you. But I haven't got the vaccine yet. I do plan on moving towards that. Um, but I did want to get that in before we uh, wrap things up. This is I really do feel like a lot of people, I didn't think about this until recently, that you probably will be discriminated against if you don't get the vaccine. There will be a lot of things you'll be prohibited to do, and eventually who knows what the government can do with it. I mean, they could say that you have to quarantine to get it. I mean, who knows? They could have ultimate control not. over people who don't take the vaccine. I hope it doesn't get there. I hope it doesn't get there either because that could cause issues, and I don't think our government will take it there, but it could. Well, and I would rather be on the side that has freedom than not. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. And, I mean, they can't take it there yet because it's not FDA approved. Right. It really, because, I mean, there hasn't been enough time. I mean, normally it takes like 10 years of research to create a vaccine. And what, they created this one in like six months? You can't, like, I feel like they're in the position where you can't mandate a vaccine that isn't technically approved by the people that approve vaccines. Right. That's true. And I don't know. There, there's a lot of speculation that comes into that. So, I mean, we probably can't really go into it a little bit in depth yet, but hopefully in the next six months we'll be able to. Yeah. Um, when people start growing third arms and shit. Right. <laughs> and Bill Gates always right. knows where they're at. But uh, I believe I've got everything over here that I wanted to touch on today. Anything else you want to speak on before we wrap it up? No, I'm good, homie. I think this has been a great episode. It's been I solid. hope you all really enjoyed it. Uh, we have spoke for a little bit longer than normal, I feel. Well, an hour and 37, that's not super. It may be our longest. It may be our longest episode, but um, it's been due. It's been a couple of weeks. Yeah. Finally got back from New Orleans. Glad to be back talking with you guys. I mean, I would say I hope you enjoy it, but I know you enjoyed it. You know you will. Exactly. Once again, thanks to Nick for our intro and outro, and thanks to Evan for the new logo. I think it looks awesome. We got the the peace sign. We got a microphone. We got the, the Leaf Village symbol, and most importantly... The Straw Hat Pirate symbol. The Straw Hat Pirates. Because that's what we live by. That's what we live by right there. Yes. So we hope you enjoy the episode. 
that's going to be the Groovy Dude signing out for another eighth episode. Hopefully, yes, we'll be getting you to those double digits real soon. Real soon. Thank you for listening, and have a wonderful day. Thank you.